Welcome to the University of Adversity, where the only rules of the class is to hold your head up high and keep moving forward. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now, here's your host, Lance Ecos. This episode is brought to you by Mike Young, the makeover master. If you feel your business image might be costing you money, influence, power, and respect, then head over to makeovermaster.com to discover what their complete brand makeover experience is all about. Go check it out right now because everyone deserves to look their best. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of University of Adversity. I'm your host, Lance Isios. My next guest is known as a human optimizer. His mission in life is to make self-love go viral. He is a clinical hypnotherapist, human optimization coach, as well as a public speaker. He is also the co-founder of the Power On Movement Facebook group, which is all about facilitating the awakening of personal power. Now, I'm so excited to have him on. He's got such an amazing story. He's so powerful. Adrian Wesley, welcome to the show, brother. Thanks for having me, brother. I'm super, super, super excited to be here. Thanks very much. Man, so, you know, you've done some amazing things, um, knowing that I've worked with you personally and you've helped so many people, bro. I'm so excited to get into like, you know, how you got into hypnotherapy, you know, what is an optimization coach? But first off, let's, let's go back to the beginning, bro. Let's fill in the gaps of, you know, where you came from and, you know, how you became where you are today. Cool, brother. And uh, before we get started, what I wanted to say to your audience is uh, what I say to everybody that I talk to, please don't idolize me. Uh, Everybody's done some amazing things with their lives, but uh, I'm just very grateful to be here to share the message that I have to help people turn their power on. When I was uh, in grade three, I had a major kidney operation, so a 14-inch scar across the bottom of my abdomen. I was on my back in hospital for four weeks and uh, really gave me a, a fresh perspective as, at a young age uh, of how uh, fragile life is. Um, and then uh, my mom started to get depressed uh, in grade six. My parents got split up, uh, split up, and then in grade seven, my mom attempted suicide And then for about three years, it was in and out of mental hospitals uh, for her and visiting her. And then uh, in grade 10, my mom died by suicide. Uh, Obviously, this messed me up royally. Uh, I spent most of my adult life suffering from PTSD, generalized anxiety, uh, get into codependent, unhealthy relationships. I also struggled because I didn't fit into the corporate world and wanted to be an entrepreneur and I would go try and be an entrepreneur and didn't have the belief system and had anxiety so it would always fail. But I'm very excited to say, brother, that at 38 years old in 2008, uh, the financial crisis wiped me out. I was a dual licensed realtor in, um, in, in Penticton in BC. I, I, lost, I lost everything. My ex-wife left. So I got divorced and I was growing pot in my basement uh, and I got uh, busted for growing 18 plants in my basement and got a year of house arrest. So my lifetime of tragic programming and problems uh, culminated in an explosion at 38 years old, which was absolutely the best thing that ever happened to me. Since then, I rebuilt and I've got a very successful uh, human optimization clinical hypnotherapy practice. I have a very successful Saskatchewan-based farmland real estate investment firm and uh, got a very successful power on movement nonprofit 
And uh, I don't suffer from PTSD, generalized anxiety anymore, brother. So I've got a very powerful story to share with your audience about how you can set yourself free. Awesome, man. And it's incredible to hear the stuff that you've gone through. So throughout your journey, man, you've done a lot of different things, right? And you went through an incredible traumatic period. You know, what, what did you like about some of the stuff that you did? I mean, you got into real estate and you were successful. You're obviously a great speaker. What, draw, what brought you into that style of career and other sales? I mean, was it, you know, was it the personal connection? Was it the money? You know, what kind of stuff attracted you to that? And, you know, what sort of repelled you from it later? Cool. It's very, I got goosebumps, brother. I love that question because I tell everybody this in university, I was taking business and psychology and I made the mistake of looking at careers based on salaries. And my real passion at the time was the gym, uh, weightlifting, physical fitness. And I should have gone that route, but I was looking at lawyers and salespeople, how much they make. Uh, my whole adult life, brother, up until the crash of 38 years old in 2008 was geared towards a financial economic transaction. And uh, after I had my divorce and I was at the lowest point of my life, I had $100 in my bank account. I couldn't go back to the corporate world. Uh, it was a very scary situation. I discovered that I was going to spend the rest of my life making self-love go viral because uh, when I was in the depths of my pain and despair, I discovered that um, really what's going to change this planet and make it a better place, Lance, is if we can teach people how to love themselves, they're going to make different decisions. And if you love yourself, you'd never kill anybody. And if you love yourself, you'd never invade Iraq and take the oil and kill babies. Uh, greed and money has, uh, is destroying this planet. And there's nothing wrong with money, but it's how it's being used. So that's really what happened, brother. I hit rock bottom and discovered, uh, decided I was going to spend the rest of my life not focusing on an economic transaction and focusing on making self-love go viral and showing people how to love themselves. And uh, it's been absolutely freaking incredible. And more financial abundance has flowed into my life since I started doing this and not focusing on building up my bank account. Um, so that's really got me to... So I always knew I was going to be a public speaker, brother, and I always knew I was going to be working with people one-on-one, -on -one, uh, but I wasn't ready. And uh, I just went through my university of adversity, and at about 40 years old, I decided to go to hypnotherapy school, and everything else is history, brother. I'm going to spend the rest of my life showing people how to turn their power on and thrive. Man, I love it. And there's no doubt that you are such a great speaker, and you know when, when you speak, people listen. And you have conviction. And, you know, I can see why you had success in so many things. It's just a matter of, you know, you decided that those things didn't serve you anymore. And it's amazing that you've been able to learn on that journey. I want to just go back to, so we both share something in, in, in common with our families. We both dealt with, you know, suicide. And I'm sure over the years, you've looked at that in two different ways and, I know I have. So how has that experience shaped the direction you went and how have you changed your outlook on that particular event now as opposed to the, your other you know, endeavors that you experience in business and work compared to now? When you see someone, all I can tell you is that when you, when you get close to someone suffering from mental illness, and that's a big reason why I'm very passionate to helping people that are suffering, is because mental illness is one of the most complicated illnesses on this planet. 
Uh, my mom was sick, just like someone with cancer. But when you're mentally ill, you don't lose your hair. You don't look, you don't look sick. So people don't support you or give you the same time that you need to get healthy. Uh, so it's, it's very, very, very difficult. And one of the biggest things I deal with when I have clients that are, de- that are depressed is that one of the main things that they're suffering from is they're beating themselves up because they are depressed. And you'd never find somebody beating themselves up because they had cancer or a need a knee surgery. Um, but I guess, brother, uh, I'll be straight up with you. Uh, not I guess, I know for a fact. Um, my view of the suicide with my mom hasn't really changed. Um, I'm glad she's not suffering. I'm glad she's not in pain. I, I wish she was here, but she gave me the greatest gift anybody could ever give me, brother. Um, she made me realize that... Uh, uh, that there is something more to this planet than just earning money and uh, and really uh, guided me towards what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. So uh, I kind of look at the fact that we are energy beings having a human experience and I can't push that on everybody, but that's what quantum physics is starting to say. And that's just sort of in my gut what I feel is happening too. And uh, my whole story was perfect, brother. I wouldn't change any of it because it's, it's designed me to become who I am today. And any adversity that we go through is designed to propel us to become the greatest version of ourselves, brother. So I've discovered that in life, there's no such thing as bad. There's no such thing as good. It just is. And actually, the bad things, the painful things are actually the greatest catalyst to the greatest happiness that we could ever experience. And The deepest, greatest suffering that I've been through in my life has allowed me to see things from a different perspective that other people will never see. And that's why I connect with you, brother. And that's why I connect with people who have been through deep trauma and pain, because we see the flowers differently than people that haven't been through that. And I'm sure you can confirm that. It's this appreciation for things, the smaller things in life. Yeah, man. When you start to appreciate those those things that happen in your life as happening for you and not to you, right? And you eliminate yourself from being the victim, right? Like, why me? Why me? Why is this happening? And you, you position yourself like, wow, this is, this is helping me. I'm growing. And I know for me personally, I can't speak for anybody else, but having that realization totally changed my life and how I look at things. So, you're always going to have these things coming at you. You're going to have shitty days. You're going to have great days, but you're always going to be on the path. It's just like, how can you come back onto that path? And man, I just, and working with you has been a huge eye opener as well as just tapping into that and, you know, knowing that it's okay. Right. And that, you know, these things just need to be dealt with in a way uh, and then let go. And, and that's the beautiful thing. I, I want to go back into what you're talking about about how you were saying with mental illness, it's tough because people are suffering, but there's no like tangible thing that people can see. They think it's like, you know, like you said, if you cut your arm or whatever, you know, you can see it and it's, but, but people are suffering. It's just like any other issue and you don't really realize it because sometimes people can hide that, you know, and you see that with like Robin Williams, somebody like that, for instance, and it's scary because people are walking around just broken inside and, 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 and on the outside there, you know, they look okay. You know, what, like how with this epidemic happening, you know, what is, how do you even approach somebody that like, what's, what's the foundation? Like how do you even tackle that, that issue 
you know, without, you know, upsetting them or without, you know, um, taking them down a rabbit hole that's going to make them very emotional? Like, how do you even approach somebody with that that you could sense has some sort of depression issue? Well, it's a great issue, brother. And I think, uh, I think the answer that comes to me right away is exactly what I do with my life and what I do with my public speaking on the Power on Boost is I be the change I wish to see. So I'm, I'm a six foot two bodybuilder, bald headed, bearded beast, very heterosexual male uh, with a very feminine message. And I've almost cried on the Power on Boost. And I tell people very intimately about my anxiety that I've been dealing with. Uh, in my life and the different problems I have. And I lead by example. And I think what happens is, is that when other men, masculine men uh, who tend to repress and hold all of this in, see someone like me speaking openly about my pain and my problems, it gives them permission to have their problems, if that makes sense. So I think the first step, brother, is people like you and I and on these podcasts need to be the change we wish to see in the world and lead by example and and be very open and vulnerable and start showing people that talking about problems is not weakness. Talking about problems and facing problems is massive strength. And I think the other thing that comes to, to, to answer your question about people that you know that are depressed or unhappy, brother, I, I think the risk of not talking to these people is too great because you never know when they're going to go take their life if they are. And I think it can't hurt to just approach people and say, listen, I can see you're suffering. What can I do for you? Uh, how can I help you? Uh, a lot of times people just need somebody to listen to them, brother. It's incredible. When I was depressed and I was young, it was just having a counselor to talk to you to listen to me. Um, so I don't know if that answered your question, but I think first of all is being the change you wish to see with the people around you and speaking freely about your own problems. And then, uh, and then approaching people and just asking people if you notice that they're not okay, just tenderness and love, brother. We're all looking to be nurtured in love. And it's incredible. You can save somebody's life just by smiling at them one day where they think that nobody cares. Or you can save somebody's life just by asking them how they're doing. Um, so, yeah, that would be my answer, brother, is get out of your shell, share your own stories, and then uh, be open and start talking to people. Yeah, that's powerful, man. And yeah, just, you know, I like to think, you know, having to deal with my younger brother who I lost to, to suicide, you know, I having a platform like this just for somebody to, to, or anything, anybody's, just to have somewhere for them to go to understand that it's okay. It's okay to feel like that, you know, and maybe somebody's story may just make you switch your decision so that tomorrow you understand it's a new day. And it's like, you don't have to make that crazy decision that ends it all, you know? And I just love it, bro, because stuff like what you're doing and, and the message you're sending and, and stuff like this just inspires me every day because we need to be that, that, that spark in somebody that can really shift. Just something so small can shift somebody so much, you know? Well, yeah, brother. And if I could uh, interject one other thing, you got me excited to share something. Um, and that message is to anybody that's depressed, I want you to hear me loud and clear. And this is what I've discovered from depression myself. And I'm not talking about schizophrenia and multiple personalities. That's a little bit more complicated. But bipolar, anxiety, depression, uh, all of it is caused by faulty beliefs in the subconscious mind and faulty thinking and hormonal and, and, and chemical imbalances in the body. So once you address the body and make sure that there's nothing off in the hormonal balance or the 
the glands or, or thyroid or adrenal glands, as long as you address those issues and you take care of the food that the person's eating, you work with a hypnotherapist to change your faulty beliefs and you change the way you think and you do not have to be depressed for the rest of your life. The other thing I want, so I'm trying to normalize depression when I talk about it because I think people go to their doctor now and GPs just write fucking drugs. Excuse me, I swore no. on your show. Where? Go uh, ahead. It's all it's okay. all power, buddy. It's all power. Okay, brother. I've been holding back because <laughs> I really would like to add some F bombs to this. That's the real me. Yeah. So the, the problem is the problem is in the healthcare system right now is you go to a GP and you tell them that you're depressed. And they just take out a pad, a piece of paper and write you a drug. And I'm not talking bad about GPs, but the system needs to change because no one is asking these people, how much water do you drink? Are you drinking coffee because you have anxiety? Uh, are, how are you sleeping at night? Uh, no one's looking at these people as the whole person and checking their hormones. Some people have low testosterone. A lot of people do. A lot of men do. And a main symptom is depression. A lot of people have thyroid issues. The main symptom is depression. A lot of people have adrenal fatigue. The main symptom is depression. Well, how many people are going to their doctor and getting a drug for their depression and no one's checking the background issue and they're staying on a medication for the rest of their lives? So my message is to everybody that's listening to this call, if you know somebody that is depressed, it does not need to be as heavy as it is. You need to sort out the physical body. You need to change the faulty beliefs and you need to change the conversations they're having with themselves. The second thing I want to say to you right now is I believe I have a higher self and I believe that our jobs in this, in this avatar on this planet is to become more connected to our higher selves. And I believe that everything that we go through in our life is created by us except when we're children and we're victims. But if I create depression for myself as an adult, one way you could look at it is that your higher self is helping you to create that so that you can face the faulty beliefs and the things that are holding you back and so that when you get out of that depression, you can become even greater and more powerful than you ever would have been without that depression. Headaches, anxiety, depression, they don't have to be bad. They are catalysts to propelling us to become the greatest version of ourselves, brother. Yeah, and that's, it's always the case. It's like take a pill and cover it all up first. When really there's, like you said, there's so many things it could be, you know, we can get grumpy and tired and, and almost depressed by being dehydrated, you know, like having, you know, going and having a, a really bad carby meal and getting a crash. You may not feel as good as you did a half an hour before. There's so many 100%. factors, right? 100%. Have you gone to the gym? Have you got sunlight? Have you, you know, all these things. If you can tick all those boxes first and then you're still feeling like shit, well then maybe, you know, there's, there's something to address, but like, there's so many things in your environment that you can use to, to change it. And yeah, and I mean, man, you're being able to tap in, to go into those, the subconscious mind and, and to get rid of those limited beliefs is so powerful. Now I want to be able to, I, I want to get more into like self-love, you know, people hear it. What is that? What does it mean exactly to awesome you? Awesome question. Awesome question, brother. I because love, I think self-love is so powerful. But it's like the word gratitude. It's being overused and people don't really understand what it means. Uh, it's uh, So self-love uh, self -love is like one of those words in the 80s where everybody was talking about positive thinking. Well, you don't always want to be positive with everything. But what does self-love mean to me, brother? Well, what I had to do at 38 years old when my life fucking destroyed in front of me is I had to come home to myself 
and I had to learn how to love myself. And what does learning to love yourself mean? Well, learning to love yourself means that you start taking care of your physical body. You honor your temple. Loving yourself means you stay hydrated. Loving yourself means you get to bed at 10 o'clock early at night to get the best REM sleep you can. Loving yourself means you stop putting things into your body like that lower your vibration like drugs and alcohol. Uh, loving yourself means that you do the daily rituals every day that raise your vibration, like meditating, like walking, like stretching, like going to the gym, like listening to positive programming. Loving yourself means identifying your faulty beliefs and reprogramming them, putting the money and the energy into reprogramming them. I can't tell you how many people go on trips for 6000 fucking dollars and don't spend the money on one-on-one -on -one sessions to reprogram their subconscious. And I'm not selling anybody on this podcast because I've got a full client load with a waiting list, so I'm not here to sell anybody. I'm just being straight up. People aren't loving themselves. Going on a trip to Mexico and searing yourself with fucking alcohol for two weeks and coming back and needing another vacation because you're depressed is not loving yourself. Eating a massive meal and going straight to sleep while your belly is stretched and, and your body is, is trying to figure out what's going on is not loving yourself. Having conversations with yourself all day, beating yourself up is not loving yourself. So that's what I mean by loving yourself. I mean by looking at you as a whole person and finding out what you need to do to thrive and doing all the things that you need to do and allowing yourself to thrive. Another aspect of self-love is allowing your unique flower to bloom. I can't tell you how many people are suffering on this planet right now in the developed world because they're not being their real self. There's no authenticity anymore. And everybody's living cookie-cutter lives asleep in the dream. Mo majority of people, that's not self-love. You are here to let your unique flower bloom, and you need to love yourself to do that. Oh, yeah, man. Hey, uh, don't worry about plugging, bro. We're going to – uh, you've got an amazing, amazing service, bro. So, and, and people need to know about it. So, like, I love that passion, and you're so right. It's, it's, it's so important for people to understand because – it's such a weird perspective we have that we think that, oh, at the end of the week, I've worked my ass off. I've been good all week. Let's just drink some poison and reward ourselves. Meanwhile, Messed your body's up. like, what the fuck's going on? What did I do to deserve this? Like, and then just to make us silly, make us like lose connection and like go and eat like a terrible meal to, as a reward. But why is that considered a reward? Why? Why? Why is using our, our, our bodies as a dumping ground of crap? Brother, why is, why is alcohol legal? How oh. many deaths are there? How many destruction relationships? I used to be a bartender. You used to be in the bar industry. Nothing positive comes out of that fucking substance. Why are cigarettes legal, brother? It's the only, sub, it's the only product on this planet that is being sold that, le that, that kills people as it is intended, and we still sell it. Uh, so, I mean, people need to wake up and that's part of loving yourself too, brother, is people need to wake up to what's going on and wake up out of the dream and stop drinking the Kool-Aid that society is, is forcing down your throat. Yeah, man, for sure. And I love that you brought up the bar scene because, you know, me and you have so many things in common and I just, the more we've gone down that rabbit hole and talked, it, it, it just, it's, it's so funny that we've been through a lot of the same things and, you know, I, I'm sure you can agree with me on that when you're in that industry, it's fun to make relationships. It, it was fun to like, to go to work, have like a challenge that sales sort of like relationships, but it was such an empty feeling. Right. And it, 
And Darkness. I mean, I, I think a lot of people that get into that industry kind of get a high on the connection, the people connection, but they get stuck either because they feel like their time is up and they can't do anything else, the money, whatever. But it's interesting because there's so many great people that start out in that industry and you do learn a lot, right? Oh, but brother. I mean, I, I learned about how to have a versatile personality. Yeah. You know, we could talk to some one dude, one young dude, one lady, one I mean, it's incredible the skills I learned out of being um, a, a bartender. But again, the problem is, brother, you're going to bed at 4 a.m. in the morning. You're drinking alcohol. Uh, bars are very negative environments. There's a lot of very negative energy in the bar. And, uh, but I'm grateful for the time. But also, I mean, in Calgary, brother, in Alberta growing up, you're a bartender. You're a rock star. So it feeds your ego too, right? And the, the yeah. women and everything. It's just you know, I, I don't have regrets, but I ain't going back there at all, brother. I like being in bed at 9.30 every night, getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning, and I don't drink that fucking shitty alcohol anymore. And as I repeat, I only put things into my body that raise my vibration because that's loving yourself. Absolutely. And if any, any of you listeners don't know, like Calgary was a – especially when Adrian was bartending, was like a party. Calgary Stampede is like one of the biggest parties around. and if you can understand the, the magnitude of that and the craziness that a person goes through and what you learn about yourself and to be able to get out of that and be able to, you know, take those skills and apply it to something else is, is amazing because it's tough, man. There's some, there's some dark times. There's some like, you know, up till seven, eight, nine AM and then you got to do it all again. And there's like some real looking in the mirror. What, like, what the fuck am I doing with my life moments? You know? Bro, there's lots of weekends when you're not even getting up. Man. I remember year 2000 popping my 10th E. And yeah. I'm very open about the fact that I've done drugs, but that also ended up with a buddy of mine on life support. So that's why I'm very open about my history. I'm not some square-headed guy sitting here saying, never do drugs, don't drink. I've been down that road. I've used all of that stuff. It leads to nothing but destruction and depression and will destroy you. You have to only put things into your body that raise your vibration. But sorry yeah, to interrupt. Yeah, for sure. It, it's, it's like the people, not to say that they're all bad people, but the people that you're in, that, in those industries are all, everybody's fighting some sort of demon, I feel like, trying to get away. And I know that feeling of, oh, let's just cover it up, let's go out, can be very dangerous after a while. And I feel like everybody's just this cesspool of, of emotional, um, you know, strength you got a stranglehold on it you don't want to let it out like you're afraid or something and i'm just so grateful to have these conversations with yourself and other people who have been in that industry because i can really understand what you can learn and what you can take from it and realize like how how toxic that environment can be so man amazing so well, very very quickly brother before you ask the next question sorry yeah. just one quick statement sometimes we have to go to where we don't want to be to find out where we do want to be so the contrast is very important for us, brother. And that's why we value where we are now. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us now, where are you at now? Like what's going on? What's, Super exciting. Uh, huh? Super exciting. I'm really glad you asked, brother, because my main message to everybody is never give up on your fucking dreams, ever. I was 38 years old after that financial downturn. I couldn't go back to the corporate world. I worked at the Body Energy Club in downtown Vancouver for 15 fucking dollars an hour. I brought home $2,100 a month. I lived in a studio apartment on the water. I found a very cheap place. 
but I found it. And at the end of the month, I'd still have some money. I lived at the most expensive city in the world for $2,100 a month and I could still save a couple hundred dollars. Now, I didn't do anything, but my point is, is I didn't give up. I knew I needed to heal. I knew I needed to create an environment where I could not be stressed because when the corporate world, it's very hard to deal with all your stuff that's going on inside of you if you're in a job that's super high stress. But I never gave up, brother. And when I was 40 years old and 41 years old, I was selling buckets of protein and vitamins and minerals to people. One of the best jobs I ever had because I was helping people. But my buddies were back in Calgary making $500,000 in oil and gas sales in these massive mansions. It took a lot of courage to step out of that. And now what I can tell you is, is I live pretty much in flow state, brother. I just moved to Thailand. Uh, my business is completely online. Uh, I make six-figure income from a $1,400 Mac Airbook Pro. Um, and I have clients all over the world. I just set up my Thai company. It's called the Human Optimizer Limited. And uh, we've got our first retreat. We're uh, planning our first retreat in Thailand for November. So I'm getting into the retreat business. I do my online sessions with clients from uh, Thailand and uh, I've created my perfect day, brother. I get out of my place. I live on the water. I walk out of my place with no shoes and walk onto the sand. Now, my message to everybody out there who's an entrepreneur, I'm 45 years old. Do you think it was worth me waiting to live the rest of my life in my passion, uh, living my perfect day? You better fucking believe it, but you also better believe you're going to have to make some sacrifices and you're going to have to work for it. Because I think that's one of the biggest tragedies amongst entrepreneurs today and I see in the online world is people aren't prepared to work and they're not prepared to put everything they have into it. Do you know what I mean? Um, so so I am in, ama in an amazing place, brother. But I, as I share with your audience, for two and a half years, I didn't have generalized anxiety. And then I started dating somebody. I've met somebody. Her name's Joy. I know we're going to get married. She's the best woman I've ever met in my whole life. I took two and a half years off dating to sort myself out. Uh, but I've had some triggers as of, as of re recently, and I've had some anxiety come back. So my life is not all just perfect. I think that's the other problem, Lance, is that we see people on TV, Anthony Robbins, all of these people, but you don't hear or see the shit they're going through. So people believe that that life is always going to be perfect. Well, it's not. I was doing a parts therapy, crying my eyes out two fucking days ago with my hypnotherapist, dealing with a memory of when I was in a hospital. Do you know what I mean? So... Uh, but I also embrace all of that stuff because it makes me more powerful and, and propels me to become the greatest version of myself. So to finish off your answer, I'm in the most incredible place of my life, but it took sacrifice. It took hard work. I had to fail businesses. I had to keep getting back up. I had to ignore my family. I had to ignore everybody that telling me I should just stop and quit. But I never gave up. And that's my message to everybody. But you have to want it bad enough. How bad do you want it? And if you don't want it bad enough, stop complaining about your life because there's no one else holding you back but yourself. Boom. Totally, man. And, you know, I love when you can get into that place of being open where you come, you, you, you know, you are brought to tears because, you know, you guys listening, I work with Adrian and I was brought to tears the other day. You know, we tapped into some stuff that I was holding on to and it felt so amazing. You know, it was just um, not going to get into that as much, but I'm just going to say that that power when you can relax and let go and let things just take its course and sit back, it's amazing. And these emotions come to the surface and nothing feels better than being completely open with somebody and being able to just be the authentic self, that, that true self. The true self is a goofy, lovable, 
person jumping around goofy and you know sometimes they cry sometimes they laugh you know there's no there's not this tightness and it's just so powerful man and i um thank if you i could just this. if i could just add into that brother yeah. um what one thing i want to say is that you're part of a very small percentage of people on this planet especially part of men who have the courage to face yourself who has the courage to cry in front of another man and the third thing is, is that we hold energetic trap trauma energy inside our subconscious body. And the reason your life will never be the same after that session is because you released a bit, some of that, you know what I mean? You, you let it out. And I think the fourth thing I want to say to what you said is that you were being the real you, brother. You were allowing yourself to be the real you. And that's why most people are suffering because you're holding yourself back from being the real you. And the real you might need to cry with another man and let it out. The other thing I want to add is that they've shown now, science fact, your tears when you're sad release a natural painkiller. So fuck, if you want a painkiller, cry. Nature is amazing. Our body is amazing. It feels amazing to cry. Honestly, every time I do it, I'm like, I don't care. Like, it's great. Uh, Look, I want to, there's, there's one thing I want to go back uh, before moving forward with something else. I want to talk about, um, your experience with, you know, taking a break from the opposite sex, you know, the abstinence, the, that, what was your experience with that? Because I know there's people out there who've gone out of bad relationships or whatever, whatever reason. And they think, well, maybe I should take a break for a while. You know, what was that experience like? Why did you do it? And what do you feel you got out of it? Love your questions, brother. Changed my whole life. So I was, um, I've never really had a problem finding a girlfriend. Uh, and I don't mean that from ego. I just mean that I'm physically fit and loving. You're a handsome dude, man. Let's be honest. Well, thanks, brother. But I don't know about the bald headed, bearded beast being handsome, but I'm happy. Uh, but what I can tell you, brother, is that there's never been, there's never been a shortage of, 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 of girlfriends. And, I, and, and that, that's not a good thing because I needed to take a break. And what happened is, is that I, most people learn from their parents and usually their opposite sex parents, and then they go and recreate that in their relationships. So my mom abandoned me abruptly and my mom wasn't emotionally available to love me. So what did I do all my life? I went and attracted women that wouldn't be available to love me emotionally and they all left me abruptly. And uh, my last girlfriend three, uh, three years ago, it was a, a horrible disaster. It didn't end, it didn't end well. Uh, she was very abusive in how she ended it, and it was not pretty. And it just fucking struck me hard, bro. It's like I got to do something different. And I can tell everybody right now, taking a break from dating and sorting out yourself is the best thing I ever did because I didn't have sex for two and a half years. I didn't go into Tinder or Bumblebee or any of that shit. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't have any conversations because that shit's like an addiction. You can go on Tinder and all of a sudden you're checking Tinder out in the morning when you're taking your morning crap. And it's like, this is fucked up. Like this is, and no one you meet on Tinder is going to be met authentically because everybody's just looking at each other from, from physical. And I mean, not, not no one, but anyway, I took a break from sex, dating and everything to do with the opposite sex. Cause I realized at that point in my life, women were my kryptonite brother. Women were the only thing that brought me down. Now, it wasn't that women are bad. It's just that I had such trauma and faulty beliefs about women. And I tell you right now, if you are depressed or if you are weak and if you are not strong in your life, do not date. Because when you go and date somebody, you put yourself into a very dangerous situation because if someone likes you, 
and the red flags go up, you're not in a position of power. So what happens is in that situation, we believe, oh, this is the only person that's going to love me. So we latch on to them. And then what happens is you end up plugging into them. And that's what I did all my life, brother, is I plugged into other people to try and make me happy. So what happened when I stopped doing that? My whole life just exploded, brother. My practice, uh, more financial abundance I've ever had, uh, clients uh, nonstop, uh, found my passion. Uh, but then two and, a half year, two and a half years later, I go move to Thailand and I walk into a restaurant named One Love and I meet the love of my life called Joy. My mission is to make self-love go viral. And I walked into a rural part of Phuket and uh, the restaurant's called One Love and found someone named Joy. Uh, it's a pretty cool story. But my point is you got to wait. You got you to gotta come home to yourself and you got to learn to love yourself and you got to fill your own cup up first. Most people you see are in relationships and they got into those relationships with their cups half full, expecting their relationship and their partner to fill up their cups it's a recipe to fucking disaster. You have to fill up your cup first. You have to learn how to love yourself. You have to be okay with hanging out by yourself. And then you will attract the most amazing partner. Yeah, I agree. You got to learn to enjoy the alone time, man, because those are, that's who you truly are, right? You, it's, it's not wanting those external circumstances or things or people to be able to sit and enjoy your own thoughts is so powerful. And Something like that is so simple, but so many people don't. They're always, I need this person. I got you're, you're trying to compensate something you need in another, and that shouldn't be it. You should be a whole human, and that other person kind of compliments you and brings that whole human out even further, you know? Because then you have love to give them. It's like, how are you going to give them love if you don't love yourself? Exactly. It's like, exactly. It's, 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 man, it's every single day just learning more about that is just so fascinating, man. I want to talk about your current relationship. Now she's an amazing woman. I'm so happy for you, but maybe just talk us through some of the daily struggles that it's a little bit challenging at times, maybe, you know, because you have, you were out of relationship for a while, right? You know, maybe talk us to everyone listening out there that he was out of relationship for a while, you know, maybe just walk us through the transition back into that. Because that's, that's huge. Anybody would have trouble at first getting in, back into that situation. So maybe just um, let us know well, what, think, what you go through. I think what contributed, um, and I mean, I wouldn't say that Joy and I had problems, but I'd say I had triggers. And she'd been single for a good time, long time, five years. She thinks she dated somebody a year ago, but not for very long. So my point is just that she had spent a lot of time by herself, and so had I. So it takes a bit of time to adjust and to grow together. Uh, that's the biggest thing I can tell anybody in a new relationship is you just have to be patient and you have to allow yourself to grow together. Um, but uh, some, of the, some of the issues that we faced were really nothing to do with joy or it wouldn't matter if it was her or anybody else, brother. It was all to do with my faulty beliefs and triggers from uh, abandonment trauma. So, uh, joy having a male friend, uh, traumatized, triggered me and made me feel fucking super insecure and jealous, uh, when I know that the relationship is safe, but it's, it's those faulty beliefs in the subconscious mind. It's the fear of abandonment. Um, but you know what, brother, uh, I was ready. 
I, I sorted out my own stuff for two and a half years. And then when I met her, I was ready and uh, we're coming out the other side and it's the most amazing relationship I've ever had. But to finish off, what I can tell everybody out there is that once you learn to fill your cup up and once you learn to love yourself, that's what you're vibrating out to the universe and that's what you will attract back to you. And I've attracted back to me somebody that's more matched to me than anybody I ever have and somebody that loves me and cares for me more than anybody ever has. So it pays to do the work to learn how to love yourself because here's the problem. Most people have faulty beliefs about themselves. I am not enough is the most common faulty belief which leads to I'm not worthy and I'm not deserving. Well, if 90% of people have that in their subconscious mind and their program, that's what their vibration is giving off to the universe. And that's the type of person you're going to attract back to you. You're always going to attract a partner back to you that's going to confirm and affirm your faulty beliefs about yourself. So um, the gist of it is, brother, is this relationship has triggered some things in me that still needed to be fixed, uh, still needed to be healed. And uh, I'm super grateful for the pain because I'm coming out the other side of it. And as you can tell, I'm on fire again. And uh, this next phase of my life is going to be massive fire because I've really released a lot of faulty beliefs now. I appreciate you being vulnerable, man, because it shows a lot about your character when you can be vulnerable. You know, you're a teacher and you're a healer and you're helping people. But it's very, it's very humbling for people to see that, you know, you're still human too. You know, you're still going through stuff and, and you don't, you know, nobody knows everything, but you, you continue to show that you're learning and you know, th you know what shit happens to you, shit happens to me and we're all just on the journey together. And I appreciate your vulnerability on that, man. Um, now let's talk about power on movement. Let's talk about how, where we can find you, bro. Let's, uh, how important is power on movement for people? What is it exactly? Let's, let's dive in. Super appreciate you asking me that brother. It sort of just happened out of, uh, um, well, it didn't happen by chance. It's been designed in my head for a long time, but it sort of just happened very quickly. Um, one of my business, one of my co-founders of the Power On Movement, Jesse Garnier, he's an online marketer. Uh, he had me out to speak to uh, 200 people on his team. Uh, I booked like two months of sessions from the mastermind I did with everybody. It's when my whole online business exploded. And then we just decided to keep the momentum. We started a Facebook group. Uh, so now essentially the power on movement is, as you mentioned at the beginning, it's a nonprofit organization and uh, we are facilitating the awakening of personal power worldwide. And we have a Facebook group called the power on movement and anybody can join. And uh, we provide free human optimization information on that on every Monday morning or Sundays. I do something called the power on boost. So I come out from half an hour to 45 minutes and deliver some powerful information to help people turn their power on. On Wednesdays, we have Dr. Nick Jensen, who you know, who's an amazing naturopath who does Wellness Wednesdays videos. And on Friday, we have Graham Young that does his, and he's a performance coach and a published author and public speaker. The timeline is no sales allowed on the timeline. And uh, my mission with the Power On Movement is just to continue to provide free information to the masses and tools to show people how to turn their power on and maybe save, save, save some lives. Uh, it's, it's actually been the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my life. I get up at, I got up at three 30 yesterday to do the power on boost. Uh, it's incredible brother. And I, that's another message I have for your audience is get out of yourself, look bigger, try to make this world a better place, serve others, 
and find a way to live your passion doing it and you'll have a magical life because I think I think you can confirm from what you've been doing with the University of Adversity, brother. I mean, it's not about the money. It's about what the message you're spreading and the, and, and the impact it's having on people. So, Yeah, man, exactly. It's, it's just, it's the high level conversations about shit that matters that we can extract out of people and share that somebody can hear. And it's just so rewarding to me. I'm so grateful. I get goosebumps even talking about it, man. And I'm just so grateful to do it and to share a space with you right now. And I want everyone to understand the power of, of this power on movement because it has such a diverse area of things on there that people, if you don't know, you need to go join that right now because Adrian speaks. And I remember when I first saw it, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Like he is so powerful. He's got such a message. And I was like, wow. And there's a, it speaks, you know, so much that he has a lot of clients because his conviction and how well he articulates the message is very important. Graham Young is amazing. Dr. Nick Jensen has helped me so much as well. If you guys are listening to this, go join the Power On Movement. It'll definitely, definitely help you make a shift to change your life. I, I really want people to know where to find you though, Adrian. I know you're booked up, but if people got to wait for months, so be it. Where can they find you? Where can they book cool, you? Cool, brother. I appreciate you asking. What I've created right now is something called Team Fully Optimized. So when I first started doing hypnotherapy, I would see people for one session, two session, four sessions. And I decided the best way to really help people is see them over a year period and coach them and work with them in a long-term uh, situation. And you're part of that team. Uh, so I have a full-time client load right now, but I do highly, highly suggest everybody visit www.vancouvercityhypnotherapy.com. Vancouvercityhypnotherapy.com. Send me a message and ask to be put on my waiting list because in January of 2020, I'll be loading up another 35, 40 people into Team Fully Optimized. And I can promise you it's the most powerful thing you're ever going to do because if you're not accessing your subconscious mind, which is 95% of your mind, which is creating 95% of your life, you're missing out on your power. So I invite everybody to go on the waiting list. Uh, it's worth it. Uh, and Lance, I think you can attest to the fact that the therapy is life-changing. And what I want to say very quickly is, brother, it is so exciting because when you came to see me and we started working together, you didn't know exactly what your passion was and you fucking didn't give up and now you're flowering, brother. And there's nothing more rewarding for a coach like me to see somebody like you and to be on this call with you and to listen to your podcast and to hear how professional and to hear about the, the impact that they're making. That's what gets me excited, brother, is that your, your flower is blooming and and it's because you did the fucking work though, brother. You showed up for the sessions. You paid me. You, you put your money in the right place and you were vulnerable. So kudos to you, brother. Um, kudos to you for making this happen. Thanks, man. And, you know, that's the thing. It's, I, I really appreciate it. It's understanding, you know, that's the thing about self-awareness. You know, you got to understand, like, where, where, can you, where can you improve? You know, what are you good at? Where can you improve? And although it's good to have a you know, an idea of where you want to go. You can't just follow the pack because everybody's doing one thing, you know, one way. You got to understand like there's that thing inside of you that you got to listen to. And, you know, working with you and, 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 you know, really going deep with things and just the whole journey has just been so rewarding. And it's, it's the connection, it's the human connection with people like yourself 
And, you know, people I continue to talk to that just, it just impacts my life. Like I would have never had these conversations on a regular basis. You know, my, the friends I grew up with, you know, they're, they're great guys, but we would, we would complain. We would just complain about things about why, how bad stuff was or how, how, you know, oh, what, whatever that guy's rich because he, whatever he must, you know, he's cheat the system or something, you know, just low level conversations. And now, you know, be able to have these conversations so that it can lift people up is just so, so powerful, man. And I just super, I really appreciate you coming on the show, you know, sharing your passion, your conviction, cause it's the whole world needs to see it, bro. And I have no doubt that you will make it go viral. No doubt about it, man. Thanks brother. Thanks brother. So everybody, make sure you follow Adrian Wesley. Your, your social media is Adrian Wesley, or is it Human Optimizer? Uh, my social media is, is Adrian Wesley on Facebook. Yeah. I have a business page. I have a personal page. And the brand that I'm starting to build is uh, the Human Optimizer. Yep. Okay, awesome. Make sure you guys check them out. Check out the Power on Movement. Hit, uh, you know, make sure you check out Human Optimizer. He's doing amazing things. He's helping so many people. And if you want, if you want to get a crack on his list next year, you better start looking at him now. So I love and appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me, Lance. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you got some value from that. Without you guys, this is impossible. So I really, really appreciate it. If you enjoyed the episode and got value from it, go ahead and rate it, review it, hit that subscribe button. We want to get this to as many people as possible. We want this thing to grow. So go ahead, rate, review, subscribe. And I can't wait for the next episode. Thank you so much. You just finished another class at the University of Adversity. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and tune in again next time for more life lessons with Lance ECOs.